Let's talk some paper. Oh, comic fam, thank you so much for joining us today. It's the Bags and Boards show where we talk about expensive paper. We talk about comic books, funny books, collectibles. And this is podcast number 47. And don't forget, you can find this podcast eventually on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. We tend to go long because when you're chilling with your homies, you got a lot of comic books to discuss. We're at the table with a golden age guru. His name is Jeff, golden age comic book specialist. How you feeling? Man, you know I love that Golden Age era, and uh, specialists, that's always hard to just accept, but I tell you, man, I've been doing it for so long, I, I feel I have a great grasp on it, so glad to be here, as always, I could do this freaking every day. That's right, that's how we roll, we talk about comic books every day, hit the subscribe button, slap the like button, we absolutely need the comic book community support, we're talking about some, I don't even want to say taboo subjects, something that we seldomly talk about on the mic together. We're talking about grading. We're talking about both companies that we work with, but not like in a business way. We submit to both. We're talking about CGC and CBCS. Yeah, let's be clear, man. This is going to be a conversation about CBCS versus CGC in the terms of why choose one over the other with books. Why are you picking one over the other to submit to? And I have tier systems of why I choose one over the other, which I just developed for myself and it's going to be different for other people but i do think it makes sense to choose both absolutely i have my own tier system i'm hoping the community can learn something today maybe take some of our tips and tricks and apply it to your own collectibles because to each their own whatever you want to do we work with both companies we submit to both companies and we're talking grails that's right i acquired a grail in the last week and a half Oh, it's fantastic. So I had the guru bring his own grail to the mic here today. We're going to get into that. We also have books that we're submitting to both grading companies we're going to talk about and a new way to crack open the slabs. It is fantastic. Guru, you taught me something today. I have literally drawn blood from opening up slabs. I'm not exaggerating. It happened within the last two months. If you don't do it right, it's dangerous. Not just for your comic book. But for your bod. All right, here we go. I want to talk about some grails here because I've been waiting a long time for this. Jeff, it's happened. A book that I've been hunting for for over nine years. I'm talking about when I was at the bank working at Wells Fargo, the horses and the carriages and all that, right? I used to, I I rose through the ranks. I became a teller, then I became a banker, then an assistant manager, then an assistant to the manager, and then a store manager. You like that Dwight quote? All right. So what we have is a book that has been on my saved search eBay listing. Like, you know, you can save search and, and you'll be alerted when it comes up since 2011. That's right. It's 10 years, man. It's about, a decade. It's about now. a decade. Yeah. Just about a decade. So back when I was a banker, all right, this is years before I even had an Instagram post in comic books. I was searching for books. I was searching for one in particular. And this book is here today, Jeff. Here it is. We have the great Salt Lake Comic Convention 1991 pamphlet in the house at the table. In the Guru's Manos. It's here, comic fam. Can you please explain to them what you're looking at? 
Yeah, this like you mentioned, this is a Comic-Con uh, program. That's right. For the Utah Salt, Great Salt Lake Convention. Um, I don't know the character on it, but I do know its importance as you have wanted one for as long as I've known you. Am I allowed to take it out? You take it out, man. Do oh, your thing, man. man. You be the guru. Take a look at the tick on the back. Um, not oh. spine tick. I'm talking about the tick art. Fantastic. But on the inside, page 13, that's what you're looking for, brother. Dr. Volt and the tick. I don't know a Dr. Volt. This looks like a broke-ass cable on the front cover. But <laughs> <laughs> So describe the size. What are you looking at? It's blue. It's big. This is magazine size about. It fits take. in a magazine bag and board barely like it rides right up on the edge. Um, I have a clear backer protecting this bad boy. I've been hunting for it for a while. Comic fam. It wasn't cheap, man. Grails rarely are man, but tell me about grails, man, because when grails come, you got to grab it. You may never see it again. I'll tell you this right now. I live by one phrase when it comes to certain grails that you rarely get an opportunity to own because they are a rare opportunity. Sometimes it crosses your path. It's uh, sometimes you got to buy today's books at tomorrow's prices. Today's books at tomorrow's prices, comic fam. There's your quote from the golden age guru and you're not wrong. This book has the first prototype of Hellboy in its pages. Mike Mignola, get it right. The G is silent. He's Italian. He was invited to this convention. He was asked to create something special, something original for the interior of this pamphlet that was just given out and largely thrown away. And he had an idea. He wanted to draw this monster, this demon. But he had this thought, what a cool name I can put on the belt. And what does that belt say, Jeff? It says, hell boy. That's right. (laughs) It says, hell boy. This was the first time that he put on paper this original character, regardless of how much he doesn't look like Big Red, at this point in time, this was the first conception of it. And it would hit this page and, as mentioned, be tossed away at the convention and afterwards. And then years and years would pass. And eventually, with Hellboy becoming a prominent independent comic book hero, you know, collectible, Movie after movie after movie, regardless of how you feel about David Arbor, it still happened. This collectible eluded independent collectors, like indie collectors, Hellboy collectors, Mignola collectors, and myself for quite a long time. There were only two in my search that I have come across. One was on eBay. Someone had it in the background displayed next to the stuff that they actually listed in the listing. I reached out to the person and said, yo, is that what I think it is? And he said, yes, it is. But I won't send you pictures because I'm worried about it being counterfeit because it's so rare. I'll never forget what he told me. This item that he owned at the time, and this is years and years ago, he told me, this may be the rarest independent collectible that exists. So years would go by. I would hunt. I would look. I would ask Jeff. I would ask all my friends, all my dealers. Shout out Gus in New York, man. I would ask everybody I could find. Hey, if you get a lead on this pamphlet, Salt Lake City Comic Con 1991, I got to have it. And none came up. None. Except for one that came and went on eBay for $5,000. You hear how many like bombs I'm dropping now? Because this grail, that's how much 
this means to me. That's like, it's crazy that this is at the table right now because that book that sold for five grand over a year and a half ago made press. It was on Bleeding Cool. It made multiple trending lists, including our own. I had to give it its time on the mic because the person who bought it reached out to me. He's like, yo, Tom, I just want to get to you before you see eBay. And I want to let you know you had no chance. That's what he told me. He knew how much I wanted this book and he wanted me to feel better about knowing that I could have never gotten it because he knew it was coming to market and the person told him, I'm going to list it today. And he literally waited on his phone. He waited for the minute, the second that it came up, saw the price for 5,000, clicked buy it now and it was done. Then he texted me, reached out because he's another Hellboy collector and us Hellboy collectors, we're homies. You know, when you collect the same stuff, shout out. Illust Uminati, who's a longtime Hellboy collector. I've known him longer than we had the Comic Tom intro that he did. That's him. You know, he, he wrote that rap, you know, he and everything. So this book is the same copy that sold a year and a half ago on eBay for $5,000. The seller reached out to me, said there was other artwork that he was prioritizing, that he wanted more than this. And he wanted to give me the first opportunity to buy it. And what did I say? Hell yeah, I'll take it. Hell yeah. And now it's here. This is pretty great, man. Like I said, I, I know because I know you and I know how long you've longed for this book. It's amazing that it's finally in your grasp. And, and really, you didn't have to wait that much longer, which is nice because sometimes it can go on to decades. I know people have been waiting for the right book to cross their path. That's why sometimes you have to pay up, okay, to get that book. So this is awesome to even have in hand because all I've heard is just you describing it. But to see this Hellboy, who looks more like a Hell Man on this thing. A little bit. He's got a little bit of a Ulick look to him. But it's super cool. And then he's got a little blurb here by Mike Mignola just discussing himself. Pretty, being pretty modest, I'm assuming, because he even has a, a quote here. It says, after a year of inking, in um, parentheses, he writes, I was a bad artist, he claims. So, like, he's modest, it sounds like. And that's just great to see in an artist, especially somebody of his level. So kudos, man. Thank Absolute you. Absolute kudos. So since I have this in studio for the comic fam to witness, to bear witness to one of the uh, very few occasions that this is going to be even be seen on screen, because like the first owner of this book that I had found on eBay years past, the recent owner of this particular copy, I don't know if this is the same one as that other one. Like, I don't know if there was a connection there. I think it's a different copy. The seller who sold this to me said the same thing. Don't post pictures of this on the internet out of fear for counterfeits to be made. This is something that you deal with. The spiral edition of 30 Days a Night that I just showcased to the community, I could only show a couple pages because... It's not a book that's been authenticated by CGC or CBCS, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, because those grading companies can only authenticate things that they've seen and that they've authenticated, right? And the Spiral Edition, there was rumors that it didn't even exist. There were rumors that there are under seven copies. I've heard six, I've heard 10, but only three in the marketplace, two that I bear witness to in my lifetime that have come to the market of this particular collectible. There are likely under 10 in existence of this. There are likely under 10 in existence of the spiral 30 days a night edition, which for those reasons, the grading companies don't touch them unless you can convince them and you have some type of documentation. We're working on it, comic fam. However, 
these particular books are so rare that they're having the gobbledygook effect. You know, there, yeah. there are counterfeits of that book in existence because of how valuable they are, how scarce they are, and how easily they are to replicate. Yeah, you could say the same thing with Cerebus One, right? It's another book that you got to be careful with uh, for uh, just having counterfeit issues. And it's unfortunate we got to deal with that. And, and we're, we're seeing people take advantage of these things. We're seeing people take advantage of just reprints. I mean, look at Ultimate Fallout 4. Yeah, we're seeing um, some members on the community doing other members a real solid posting about the shenanigans happening that we all knew was coming. Because these facsimiles, they look so damn good. They look so similar. But if you don't know the telltale signs of a reprint, because I would consider a facsimile a reprint, all it takes is a member to put first print in the title. First print facsimile, right? Like, right. okay, we're, we're now in X-Files territory. Yeah. It's no good. And we're seeing like hundreds of dollars going, you know, into uh, seller's hands for a reprint that's worth at most maybe double cover price, maybe if you're lucky. Exactly, exactly. So those are shows... A, the, uh, the people who are in this hobby who don't, who are trusting it, but aren't quite educated enough. And they actually do need the assistance of other people and other members. We got to all understand that. I remember when I was looking for Star Wars ones and I was a young kid, right? Every time you saw a 35 center, you're like, oh my God, this is it. I got it. This is the rare 35 center. I'm going to retire now. And you're like, oh my God, it's not the crack, the diamond pattern or the one with the barcode, you know? It's the five like, is a little, yeah, a little down. So it's just... A little bit of the naivete to people coming into it and understanding it, and then people taking advantage of that. So that's not okay, and it's important that people do speak up. Absolutely. Comic fam, I want to hear your thoughts about my grail in the comment section below. You know, I know I, I mentioned it the same thing with the 30 Days a Night. You know, I'm a particular collector, but I hope that this right here can showcase a little bit of reasoning behind things like preview appearances, real first appearances, some would call it true first appearances, you know, the Hulk 180 versus 181 versus, uh, you know, the, the foom appearance, these types of things matter to collectors. It matters to me, which is why this grail was acquired and why I'm so hyped about it to bring it to your attention today. So you brought a grail. And of course, it's a grail topic. I have to bring my own. What did you bring for the comic fam, Jeff? So I bought a terrific comics number five. Okay. Classic Alex Schomburg cover. Yeah. Top 100 in the golden age. I think it's around 85. It's a pedigree. It is a pedigree as well. It's the Cookville pedigree, which is more of a recent pedigree. It's since 2019, I believe. And it was about 5,000 books. It came out of Cookville, Tennessee. Um, I believe it was one or two brothers who collected this uh, set of books and their sisters worked at the supermarket or market that they were for sale. And that's where the letters SN are. They would write the letters SN oh, okay. and that's how you can tell it's a Cookville. It's got the letters SN on it. A couple of them have the name of the actual uh, person who bought the books. His name escapes me at the moment. Regardless, it is still a pedigree. It doesn't have that new fancy gold label. It's got the, the traditional tuxedo label that didn't last very long. So maybe it's extra rare now. But it's considered rare by Gerber as a Gerber 8. Um, and scarce, I believe, in the Overstreet. Cool book. Love it. Done by Alex Schomburg. You got LB Cole art in the interior. LB Cole art in the interior. Hell you yeah. also have uh, Fujitani art in the interior, which I'm a big fan of his. He did a lot of great pep work. Uh, awesome, awesome book. Dude, you have someone from the clan on the cover in a chair. Someone who kind of looks like Hitler on the cover as well, but I don't think that's who it is, but it's you know kind of got the, the German vibe here. You have clan members fighting 
um, heroes that are entering to try to save the damsel in distress, who is in bondage. And of course, it says classic bondage cover on there. She is, um, she for the audio listeners, she is strapped with ropes. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten ropes, um, all suspending her from the ceiling as she's being lowered down to a wheel that has knives and blades going in a circle. It's a wheel of death cover considered. And there are others out there. This is a great one. It very much feels, has that vibe of suspense three. I mean, suspense three is amazing book, but that just has that, that, um, I don't know, ambiance of the same book. It's a great six issue series, terrific comics. Um, I would say the best covers in there is that one is the best. After that, four is really good, done by Rudy Palace. And number six is done by L.B. Cole. Uh, Schomburg did do, I believe, issue two. It's pretty good, but it's nothing like his classic work that he's best known for in Timely or this cover. I have to ask, what makes this a grail for you? Because it's an amazing book. Is it the pedigree? Is it the Schomburgness? What is it? Like most grails for me, it's a multitude of things. It's a scarcity. It's a I appeal of the book's cover. Alex Schomburg being uh, a well-known artist. I don't know if you know, though. Did you know he was Puerto Rican? I knew he was Puerto Rican. Okay. Of course. <laughs> so um, the imagery of itself of like hooded vigilantes, World War II cover time frames, that's the type of stuff I like. And then um, it's got a lot of demand to it being such a rare and important book. Also being in the top 100 books in number 85, like – there's just a lot about it. And, and then, oh, let's not forget, it's also pedigree. Yep. So it singles itself out already as being something special. And then you throw pedigree on it, it just adds that extra tier of special. Comic fam, what do you think about pedigree comics? I am liking them more and more by the day. I really want one. Um, but because they're essentially one of ones, which one to go after it raises a lot of questions that I'm not ready to answer yet, but I'm getting closer because now that I've acquired my grail, you know what the next one that just made my list? What's that? Um, again, okay. I needed to hear what the community thinks in the comment section about grails. Cause I, I love learning about your thought process and like what goes into it. But for me, I like putting a grail in the noggin that I want on my wish list of something that I may never get. I, I put that bar so high because I've acquired two that I never thought I'd own. Right. So the next one on my list, I'm going to get in competition with you. I want to cap one. I do. Okay. Well, may the best man win. All right, comic fan. What do you think? <laughs> the guru and I are going up against each other. Maybe we'll have to get one together. Yeah, we can split it and then I can keep it on Mondays. You can keep it on Tuesdays kind of thing. We just go back and forth. I don't play well with others, dude. I'm sorry, dude. I'm I, simply, no, I'm just joking. I believe it, Jeff. I believe it. Okay. So you went to um, a heritage auction that was very, very exciting. The Promise Collection. And you were the only one there. So there's like this historical aspect that you were in observance. Is that the word that you observed and something that you'll never forget? I'm assuming you were one of the last individuals to get to touch and look at the first part when some may say some of the most exciting parts of the promise collection, the biggest collection find that was preserved with one of the coolest stories behind it in comic history. But you also learned something amazing. You learn how to crack open a slab in a unique way. Yeah. I don't know if it's obviously there's many ways to do it, but I saw this way, 
that this gentleman did it. And he doesn't work for Heritage, but he happened to be there and he was cracking them out. And I thought it was very intriguing and I thought I'd give it a shot. And the first time I tried it was just today on camera. Luckily, it went well. You guys will see that here with this Avengers 8. That's right. First Kang. So we have two books that we're going to show you that we cracked out. Actually, I came out of this uh, a little ahead because I didn't have to crack it out. You did it for me. And I cannot stand cracking books out of slabs. I do not like it. I always, I've never messed up a book, but it always feels like you're going to mess it up. And this is, let's actually back it up a little bit for anyone who's a bit newer. You know, why would you crack out a slab? Um, so we have a graded comic, right? Like any of these that are up here next to me, right? You know, we got the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu over there. We got that uh, Peach Momoko Goodness, the Gurusetti Green Ranger Power Rangers 55 exclusive, shout out, Young Avengers, right? So let's say you have a book that you want to break it out. You want you want that raw book again. There's a lot of reasons for that. What are some? So some of the top reasons are you just don't want it encapsulated. Okay, you like it raw. You like it raw. Right. Um, you want to upgrade it. So you want to press it or dry clean it so that you feel that you can get that bump in grade. You think it could get a bump? In grade. <laughs> and I would guess a third option would be maybe you want to take it from a some company's holder to maybe the other company's holder. Yeah, you're trying to see maybe... They will, their, their grading standards are different. Maybe you'll get lucky and it'll get an extra point or something. Like there's a handful of reasons, but for the most part, there's something with the book, you know, a reason why you want to take it out. And how do you do it? You know, first off, it's in my experience, a lot easier to crack open CGC slabs. What about you? Yeah, I haven't. Have I ever cracked out a CBCS slab? At least a new one. You cracked one out here with us. Like we had to do that that crack. A new CBCS yeah, slab? Yeah, we did the new CBCS slab. We did a CGC slab. And those CBCS slabs are freaking tight. They are. They're they're very solid and they're skinnier, but they feel far more rigid and protected. And I do dig that quite a bit. I love the CBCS holders. I think I've already said that. Labels again, CBCS, you got to work on your labels. We'll I don't it. understand why that's got to be a problem. <laughs> Jeff's going to keep bringing up the labels, CBCS. We, <sighs> we need to fix it. We need to get Nate. Nate hey. made it. Yo, we got to get him on making some new labels. And I don't care who you out. get to make it. Get a 10-year-old. <laughs> I mean, whatever they do will be an improvement. Oh, my goodness. Jeff cannot stand the CBCS labels. But you know what? There's a lot of other pe- benefits to CBCS slabs that we'll get into. Um However, the CGC slabs tend to be a little bit easier to break into. And what are some methods that we've used to break into slabs? Yeah, I mean, look, the newer ones are pretty tough to get into, too. Okay, yeah. you do have to kind of find an opening, get a Back in the day, man, you could just like... Well, we did open. that. We did that with we the Avengers, it. right? Just finger popped it and got it out. Bam. And then the other one was you needed a tool. You got to get in there. You got to work it along the ridge and pop it along the way. You get like a flathead screwdriver. Yeah, get a flathead screwdriver. And then once you get a, maybe the bottom half open... And loose, you can just drag out the book. You're okay. done. Recycle the plastic. Yippee kaye. Keep the label because it's important to keep the label, guys. Keep the label in case something happened in the grading process. B, you should turn the label in with your comic so you get it off the census as well. That's what you would do. You send in the label with your comic. It takes the book off the census in case you get a new grade that's higher or lower because there's no guarantees it's going to be higher. Oh, come on. I got to see a thumbs up for that recommendation. I don't think I've ever heard that on the mic. Comic fam, send your grades in to be removed off the census. Preserve the census. The census is like the sacred timeline. Regardless <laughs> of where you grade your comics, the census for CBCS and CGC, we want 
Everyone wants those to be preserved. That's true. That's true. You, we, you guys don't need multiverse tangents of, no. of grading tiers. And look, if you do a bunch of grading, you can save them all together and then submit it all at once. There okay. You, you don't have to put it in with the book. You just got to send the labels in. Okay, guys. So please do that to keep the, the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, the census. Yeah, the sacred, the sacred census. The sacred census. There you go. <laughs> Sensei. As honest as possible. <laughs> all right. Sensei. That's right. That's plural, isn't it? Um, anyway, so but we cracked it out. All right? There's one more step. You got to. You got to get the comic out of the plastic inner well. Yes. Which we know, by the way, through CGC, we have the documents. We have the proof. We've put a CGC slab in a fish tank. The inner well is water resistant. Yo, Zora, put the link up there for the comic fam to see. But yeah, you can get away with some water on your slab without it penetrating the inner well. Yes, not to say waterproof, guys. Remember that those, you know, when you had a watch and you weren't sure what resistant or proof meant, okay, it was up to a time limit or a depth. So be careful there, guys. We had that thing in there for a while, though. I was we, pretty impressed. Yes, absolutely. And I don't, and it floated too, right? It was buoyant enough because yeah. we had to weigh it down on top of that, but not to be used as a PFD, guys. That's right. Anyways, let's get back to what we did. We took yeah. it out from this hard plastic shell. Now we're going to get to this inner well. See how it rhymed there? We're going to pull it out. We're going to get some scissors. He went with scissors. I've always used an X-Acto. I've always used an X-Acto knife too. I grabbed one for you and you specifically said, he used scissors, we're going to use scissors. I believe I slapped it out of your hand and said, give me the damn scissors. Yeah, yeah, you got aggressive with it. <laughs> we wanted to do it right, okay? Right. Or wrong. I'm not sure yet because yeah, we haven't done it yet. <laughs> so here we go. At this point. At this point. So it was sketch for me. As I'm taking two blades and like cutting this plastic along the top edge. And you I get, tap the bottom so yeah. that the book would go all the way to the bottom. That's very important. You have to tap the bottom before you take scissors to the inner well because you don't want to, well, first off, you want to tap it gently because you don't want to mess with the comic up. You're trying to get that comic to go to the very bottom of the inner well so you have enough space to cut along the top so you don't nick the comic. Right, exactly. Because the last thing you want now is to take your blue label to now make it a trend book. Yeah. All right. So you cut and we cut very slowly on this. All right. He was very comfortable and did it. And maybe his may have been a th thinner scissor. We kind of look, use like this cooking scissor almost. Yeah, so it's thicker. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to cut, cut chicken breast here, man. I'm trying to cut. It's, it's actually my cooking scissors. That's what you use. That actually tell. is what they were. I could tell. I was like, okay. Um, so we made it work, right? Regardless. So it opened, we got the top done and then we filleted it down the middle Okay, like a surgeon, but you got to be careful because if you go, the comic can push into the scissor, but so you bowed it and there's enough flexibility there where it's pretty easy to get going. But the further you go down, the tighter it's going to get to the bottom. So for the very first book we did, The Avengers 8. First I, appearance of Kang, first, Kirby goodness. Exactly. Went kind of far. I think I tapped the book. With the, with the scissors. And not, nothing to damage. I just, okay, this is getting tight, so pull back. So you know now, don't go too far down because yeah. it touched. It didn't scrape, but it, it, it touched. And you don't want to touch it. And maybe use a rounded scissor nose because those scissors were blunt at the end, uh, just in case. So nothing weird happens. And then we flapped open the middle like jaws of life on a rib cage. You just like yep. tried it, flat it, laid it down, and just pulled it out the top. Now, I will say, and maybe it was because of those scissors, because they were very tooth-like, added a kind of a sharp edge to the top that almost curled over. So it almost felt like you could scrape your book as you're pulling it out. 
So we had to be extra careful with that. But maybe with a finer scissor, you won't have that problem. You got to be careful when you're pulling it out because the plastic tends to curl. And that happens especially with an X-Acto knife too. Like I've had that, mm. you're literally, as you're pushing it down, the pressure of the knife will uh, bend that plastic just enough to make it sharp enough as well to if, it, if you're dragging the comic and not paying attention and not like pulling the plastic away, as you drag it, you can cause a line on the book. And I've had some close calls. Um, however, this process took under three minutes. And it was my first time fumbling around with scissors and all that. And the second time was even quicker. Second time was much quicker, but it was a newer book, so it was a little bit more sketch. So you got to understand, if you're going to do a really, really high-grade book and something modern where it's super um, glossy, you really got to be careful. And this might not even be the best option for you. This is a Silver Age book. I don't think you have to worry too much of it, like the edge maybe touching it, so you don't have to worry about losing some crazy gloss that has come into comics since, what, 2000 and whatever. Absolutely. Um, the gloss does tend to cause things like fingerprints, but also it makes it super easy to damage. And you can tell because if it just touches something in the wrong way, you lose color. And that color loss is, is a big deal, especially on some of these bigger books. So I grabbed one of my books out. You had your Silver Age Kirby goodness, you know, uh, Avengers 8. And you broke it out for a handful of reasons. You know, there was some bends, there were some creases that looked like they could be pressed out. And it was also pretty dirty. That's another reason to break stuff out of a slab. If you think you can clean and upgrade that book. Yeah. And here's a little note. Okay. Just because a book looks dirty, dirty, dirty. It looks dirty, Jeff. It looks dirty, which is just bad grammar. So dirty grammar. It's dirty. Doesn't mean you're going to get a bump by cleaning it. Okay, your books in certain tiers get to certain tiers and there's certain flaws that are okay with that. So lifting that dirt doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a grade bump. Okay, but when I looked at this book, it was very dirty. So I'm assuming because everything else looked so nice with this book, there was a couple non-color breaking corners that could use a press and it was a 6-0. I felt that cleaning off this dirt, pressing this book properly that I could get this to a 6.5 safely and possibly a 7.0. And granted, you never know until you press them, but that's why I did it. Because there's enough of an, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Enough of a, a value to me to improve it just half a point yeah. that it's worth me cracking it out. Worth the risk, comic fam. So when I saw Jeff break this out, I'm like, oh, this is a great opportunity. He's just cracking books out. I can hand him my book that I want to get done. So I did. And unfortunately, this is not a great story for me because I had a CGC 9.2, I believe this was. I believe it was a 9.2. Dead World issue number 10. This is the variant copy of this book, not for wussies is what it says. And it's a cool book, Caliber, you know, um, Caliber Comics. But you'll know on the back... There is a ad for an up-and-coming comic book called The Crow, James O'Barr Goodness. This right here is one of the best comic books ever created in history. And I'll, you know, die by that sword. I believe that firmly. I think The Crow is something everyone should own in their home in like one of those nice deluxe editions. And I think everyone needs to read it and recommend it to somebody as they are recommending other comics. Because if you if you don't read The Crow, you're not doing your job as a comic fan, in my opinion. Maybe it's because I'm a big fan of My Chemical Romance and I like emo stuff. 
Whatever. I know I'm right. Comic fam, I got here in the comment section below because this book was a 9-2. I pressed it and it came back an 8-freaking-5. Hogwash. As my kids would say, fail. Fail. So this book, you broke out of the slab. You didn't go as far down when you were cutting it. And you also mentioned, because it was a modern book, a newer book, that you had more space to cut on the top, which made it easier. Yeah, this was far, far easier to remove from the inner well as there was probably an eighth of an inch, a solid eighth of an inch of clearing to cut the top off. And then we just filleted down the middle, you know, got to around, you know, the nose portion right in the midsection, opened it up, pulled it out again, had to be very careful, okay, because this does have some gloss to it. Want to be, you know, cautious. Pulled it out. And then we saw why it was an A5. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. Maybe it wasn't shipping. Maybe it was me. Maybe I just didn't press it well. But there was a nice um, bend. Not a bend, but like a it was non-color breaking crease on, on the back cover that I think we can press out. So that's why I broke it back open. Because I'm like, you know what? This was at one point a higher grade book. And I couldn't have messed it up that bad. So no. it, for me, this, this was also a gift for my dad, Comic Pops, because he knows how much I love The Crow. He also loves The Crow. And yeah, I just want to get the highest grade possible. And I think it could get the bump. So I broke it out. Comic fam, let me know your experience cracking out slabs in the comment section below. I love to hear your success stories, your fails, all the above. I'll be real. I was cracking open your golden age book that had a sticker on it. Um, remind me, it was a silver streak book. Oh, the original time or not the action one? No, no, the the recent one. I think it was action. Yeah, it was in action. But the first time you ever cracked off that oh. one was was the Silver Streak. Yeah, that's right. So what happened is they came from the same collection. They had the same type of sticker. I saved the Silver Streak, took the sticker off, got the grade bump. Shout out to myself and my patience. However, the action comics, I could not get that sticker off. It was impossible. And I took it to my homie who's even better at getting stickers off and he couldn't get it off. But I did crack open that slab and I don't know, maybe I got a little impatient, but like I got, I got kind of like two thirds away around and I'm like, oh, I can just like lift this and just break it off. And in lifting it, breaking off, it snapped in a way I wasn't expecting. The book was fine. I'm being careful with the comic. I'm putting the, the comic safety over my personal safety, literally at this point. Of course, I got your back, brother. And I cut from here all the way down through my tattoo. No big deal. Like uh, it's a tattoo and it's, can't even tell anymore, but from here all the way down, dripping blood, dripping blood. Like it was no good. I'm like worried about the comic book. I'm like, all right, I gotta get, but I'm putting my hand up in my casa, run into the bathroom, the baño and try not to get blood on anything, you know? Right. And, and legit man, it's cause I was getting impatient. So seeing this new way to break out the slab got me excited for a handful of reasons, you know, cutting around that plastic, the inner well is always stressful. And pulling it out is always stressful too. But seeing an easier process, yeah, give me some excitement here. Dare I say it was arousing? Comic fam, comic books, they get you there. We're gonna keep this conversation going. Where where are we doing here, man? What are we doing? What are we up to? Well, we did well. We did the cracking out portion of it, right? And we did the uh, grail. Yes. Now we got to move on to. Mm. Do we have comments today, or we're going to just jump to CBCS for CGC on what we're going to submit? Oh, you know what? I think we should talk about what we're going to submit. 
Let's do that. And then we'll go from there and talk about our larger conversation about CGC versus CBCS. We, we got pricing. We got turnaround times. We're going to talk about it here. Stay tuned. Hit the subscribe button. Where are you getting this type of comic book themed content? Anywhere. 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 Nowhere. We're here at Bags and Boards Podcast 47. Let's do it. All right. So for me, there's a handful of reasons why I go one way or another. So these are examples. Okay. We're going to get into specifics in a bit. Okay. We'll get into pricing and all that in a second. So the first thing is my stack of CGC books. And I'm going to talk about the books that I have here. The first is a Stray Dogs, one in 10 variant. We have the Crow Homage. It's kind of in theme today, but this book is high grade. This book is a optioned independent title that was so damn successful. Such a gorgeous flawlessly done cover by Tony Fleece, Trish Farsner, that I felt has a lot of time to take off. It's going to be a minute so we see any type of like option news take place because the option news came out prior to the release. So it's going to happen a little bit sooner than I think people suspect. However, looking at wait times, which wait times is a big part of this conversation here, I'm okay to wait. This book isn't going to take off, in my opinion, in the next three, four months. So if I have to wait a little bit of a lengthy time, I'm going to send it to CGC for this particular book because if it has that 9-8 potential, there's a lot of these made and it could be a wanted book. So I don't want to have to go in competition with others that have graded through CGC if I go through CBCS instead. I'd rather have one of the CGC comics in the marketplace for this particular book because it's option and has potential long-term. What about you? Give me one of them. So ones that we're going to do for CBCS or CGC. This was a CGC. I'm starting with CGC. You tell me. You can pick whatever you want to talk about. Okay. So before we get too far. Just be specific about which grading company. Okay. So um, I would do CGC on this book, which is Tomb of Dracula 1, because for me it's cut and dry that at a certain tier – on value and for books that I, it just makes more sense. Cause it's going to be potentially a nine, a copy. It is a gorgeous book. Nine, six would be the absolute lowest, but this is probably a nine, a copy. All right. So I have to ask you, Jeff, did you see the recent sale for a 9.8 of Tomb of Dracula one? I'm really hoping you haven't heard it. I mean, the last one I heard was like seven K not too long ago. Right. <laughs> Comic fam. I'm going to, I'm going to show Jeff GPA. Right here, right now. I'm hoping it's uploaded. Um, it's, you're going to lose your mind here. I can't see. Okay, that. so this sale right here happened. The last sale was, say it, Jeff. Is that $16,000? $16,000. That's crazy. I told myself I should never have sold that to you, Buck, for that, especially that price. I was like, God, I'm just giving it away. I know this book's got legs. Comic fam, this is, the, this is a big part of this discussion, though. We're in a market that we've never seen in history. And here's the thing. This particular sale could be an anomaly because the prior sale that happened, I believe, was within a day, if not same day, for a CGC 9.8. And it sold for, oh, it says after, and it sold for $8,000. Half of what the, I believe this was a heritage auction sale, went for. So... Welcome to Heritage, guys. If you do an event auction with Heritage, look, I consigned books with Heritage. I did. Okay. I bought some stuff from Promise Collection and I left them a box of books. 
They've been selling some of my books at the weekly auctions, and I'm getting butchered. 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 Murdered on these books. I was like, this is ridiculous. What is going on? Yeah. Exactly. And then I had books going at the event auction, and they were fantastic. I got the numbers I should have gotten, and they did great. You know, so, it, it has to do with the event. There's a lot of things that, that have to play a role for the perfect storm to take place. And we know, based off of Tomb, one, we've seen multiple of these come back because you've been grading them like crazy. I have a 9.8. I've owned two officially because, you know, you hooked me up with a 9.8. And this book has a lot of problems from the printer. You know, it, it has like off-centering. The, the letters on the bottom get cut off. The it's, staple placement. It's like Marvel Special Marvel Edition 15. Staple placement was terrible on that book. Horrendous. Okay, and this one is better, but it's generally pretty bad. Plus, they have their own defects that are generally common for that book. On the back of the cover, you'll see indentation, like almost like a quarter size quite sure. a bit. You'll see roller streaks, smudges that come on the spine that are common, which shouldn't take away from the grade. But, they, you know, they do take away from my appeal, and I end up pressing them out and cleaning them anyway. But, you know, there, there are things to know about certain books. Daredevil 168, same thing. A roller across the front. You'll see it all the time. Demon, number one. Very common for demon number one to have this grainy feel along the front of demon where it's almost like you lost color because it was stacked on top of another book. It's not. That's normal for that book. I've seen that so many times for that particular book. And that's why in 9.8, you see these prices skyrocket. Also, why I would suspect a tomb one to go for near double what the top of the market's ever been. The same week, as another book in the same grade selling for half the amount. There's other things, you know, we don't know for sure. I've looked at both of these pictures and to be honest, they didn't seem like they were that different, but things happen. The auction setting is com it's a completely different environment than what we are traditionally watching. So I am very excited that you hadn't seen that price though, because no, I, I, was, I was very shocked when I saw that $16,000 sale. And I don't know if the page quality is different on one of them over another. White pages, both White pages, both. People do go bonkers over eye appeal. Again, I don't know. I'm, stable places are different. Wrap is different. Book. I looked at the book, man. See, there you go. You looked at both of them. They so. didn't seem different. I mean, but maybe I missed something. Maybe someone knows something I don't, but still double the price, 16 K and then an $8,000 sale. It's very strange, but for these types of reasons, that's why you got to go CGC for this particular book. Yeah. I mean, you're going I, I for agree. that. The, you got to go. go for the high end. And, right? and no disrespect, you know, but we're just going by what is expected from certain books and certain, certain, certain tiers and dollar amount for those people who are buying them. Okay. We are speculating on the people buying these books. They want them as CGCs. Okay. Now not saying everything. No, but for this conversation at this very moment with this particular book, it's going to go to CGC. Yeah. And I'm going to get into it a little bit here in a second as we get through more of these with more explanation, be, be you know, to, to emphasize why I feel like this with certain particular books. Now, I would send this if it was a nine four, maybe yep. to CBCS. Why not? OK, because I don't feel that I'm missing anything or losing anything or the rarity level at a nine four wouldn't garner a CBCS grade. Right. So this for me at a 9.4, I would submit. So these next two books that I have that I'm submitting to CGC are um, not as high grade. However, I'm not looking to get these done quickly. And I want them in a CGC because the competition is pretty fierce with these books in low grade because there's a lot of them. We're talking about Batman, uh, Detective Comics rather, Batman and Batgirl, issue number 411. Yes, that's right, 411. I almost forgot the number. Of course I know that number. This is actually, I traded you. 
and got one of these from this is the first copy I ever got was from you back oh, in the day. Okay. Yeah, I traded you a 129. You, you traded me this this comic book, and it was a freaking gorgeous book, by the way, as well as a bunch of two-fisted tales, some of the first Golden Age books I ever got. So, anyways, I had to get this book back. Um, I really like Talia, first appearance of Talia Al Ghul. And I also have this Strange Tales 169, first appearance of Brother Voodoo. Both of these books, I don't expect to take off until way next year. Talia, whenever, right? It's kind of like sleeper DC keys have been low rise. You know, the we're seeing some crazy sales right now, but it, it's mostly been Marvel books. We've seen some DC books too, but I still think that there is money in DC books, especially the keys long-term. And Brother Voodoo, we're looking at Multiverse of Madness at best, so we have time. Considering the wait times for CGC and CBCS, if, I, if you're cool with waiting and you want to try to bank on the biggest bang for your buck, considering how much you invested into the book, because I know the prices I paid, I want to go for the top tier that I can get as far as market potential. And considering that I have the time, why not send them to CGC regardless of their wait time? Yeah, I, I saw those books and you mentioned that to me earlier and I kind of disagreed with you on it because I feel like those could be CBCS books just as well. That They, they could, could be. I don't think they garner any grade that's going to make a difference. But again, if you're not in a rush, like literally any rush of like needing in the next two, three months, Send those away. That's no big deal. I mean, really, there there is a necessity to send a CBCS. If you want it back in a timely manner right now, and the grade to you is apples to apples, then you might as well send a CBCS. I would send those to CBCS personally. Right. We disagree with this one, yeah. Comic Fam. We're not always agreeing even on the own show on our own show here. But for me, you know, these are some of the first ones I've graded as far as these keys go. And I think they'll be easier to move in a CGC, particular I mean, for these particular keys, you know. Other keys are different, but, you know, I could see myself sending these to CBCS just the same. And again, that's important, right? Because later, when we're discussing these books, man, you know what? Let's save that a little bit. Save it. Let's what table do you that portion. Hit me with that. some more CGC because I got to get into the CBCS stuff. Okay. So Monster Frankenstein, number one. Bronze Age goodness, man. Okay. Mike Plu cover, uh, Bronze Age goodness, like you said. Dude, these books, that run, yeah. it sells for way less than it should. This, then this it should even. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I see people selling um, issue ones and other appearances, and I'm constantly surprised. I'm like, come on, this book needs more love. It's because people don't know this is a stellar run, fantastic covers, and artwork by some of the legends. Yeah, I mean, this to me is a nine eight copy. Yeah. Okay. And if it's a nine six copy, okay, great. And again, this is something I would send to CBCS if it was a nine four or nine six. I'd be comfortable with that. But for 9-8 potential, which I think it's got very strong potential, this is going to CGC. Dude, you brought some nice books, man. This is absolutely 9-8 potential. Comic Fam, it is it is really something cool to see a 9-8 bronze or silver age book. It's so much different than a modern book. Modern books, you kind of see them all the time, right? You kind of question whether or not something's 9-8 or 9-6. But when you get down to like these types of years of books, Man, it is one. It is something to see, like zero spine ticks on a book this old. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. Okay, hit him with that next one because this next one. Uh, what's up with you and Ghost Rider, man? Because you've got some high grade appearances and you keep getting them. Yeah, I just um, I have a friend of mine who's been um, who pretty much hoarded all these books in the nineties. You mm -hmm. know, this is when they were worth nothing. 
okay, so every month, you know, or so, wait, I talk to him, he sends me some, I give him a good value for him. And I just, you know, my experience with CGC hasn't been consistent, so I never know what's going to be the 9-8, 9-6, 9-4, you know, like you you should know. But right now between 9-6, 9-8, I've been like, really? Like I'm looking at this, This how is this not a 9-8? Okay, 9-4 to 9-8, yes, there's a big difference. You should be able to. That, that's not a problem. We've but, all been there, comic fam. I got to hear your comments in yeah. the comment section. And below. I've had some wins. Don't get me wrong. I have Tombs one nine eight. I have a Marvel Spotlight six and nine eight. I have a a Frankenstein one and nine eight. Okay. You're holding a Marvel Spotlight six and nine eight. The second appearance of Ghost Rider, which I think could be a nine eight. This raw, quarter. raw. I and mean, I have two copies. One that's probably going to be a nine four, which I would probably send that to CBCS. Okay, but this at a potential nine eight, you know, will go to CGC because it's just. Something that I feel garners more of a CGC label and holder. Yeah, the top tier. Notice the guru's, his preference is leaning more towards CGC when you get the pristine type of book. The the big key book, the 9.8 potential. You got to consider this. We're going to get into it in a little bit in a second. But the market potential, the market pool is so much smaller for this type of grade. You're talking about being lucky if you get more than a handful of eligible buyers at certain rates of some of these books. We just talked about Tomb of Dracula 1, although it's probably closer to an eight dollars to $10,000 book, just selling on Heritage for over sixteen k. How many people are in the market right now to drop $16,000 on a book? You got to consider that because when you have that low amount of individuals who are even eligible and ready to pull the trigger on something. Well, if you go a different route for that grading company, you may cost yourself some money because if you only have a handful of buyers, they are more likely going to wait and be there at the time that a CGC book is going to come to market versus the CBCS. But I'll, I'm going to come back here in a second here because I have some defense to to uh, be had for CBCS as it pertains to value here. But before I get to that, I want to finish here with a um, two other books. X-Men 239. Keep an eye out on this book. Mr. Sinister's first appearance has skyrocketed. His newsstand has skyrocketed. This is his first cover appearance. And with so many individuals getting comic books graded, covers matter. The display properties, you know, like being able to see it from afar, see it on a set. See it in your collect in your long box when you're going through stuff. It matters being able to visually see the character on the cover. And we're seeing these books see an uptick like we've never seen before. I have a nine eight potential here that I'm probably going to be disappointed with because whenever I think it's a nine eight, it's typically a nine six. Whenever I think it's a nine six, it's a nine eight. It's my curse. It's a gift. It's a curse, right? As Monk would say. But this particular book has nine eight potential and one that you can find for the on the cheap. And that's why it's going to CGC. And lastly, I have a Golden Age book, my Margie 36. I've been buying this for so many years, and it took so long for this book to start getting the love it deserves. I feel like I brought it to a lot of people's attention. They're scarce. The first time Stan Lee was written in a comic book narrative, a fictional narrative, he uh, takes Margie out on a date to go see Frank Sinatra, also known as Frank Sinatra, but they changed his name to probably not get sued. And... We have a gorgeous copy that I know is so competitive right now with so few on the census, so few people even bringing this to market. I'm comfortable waiting, so I'm going to send it to Sarasota, Florida to CGC. 
And it's a great cover. I mean, the big the big face right there, the wink, it's beautiful. Isn't, so, isn't it awesome? I, I love that book. So yeah. what do you got? Uh, then I Okay, so another book that I had, and really just getting a little redundant, is a Swamp Thing Comics number two. Bernie Wrightson cover. This one I would submit to CGC in a 9.8 and a 9.6 because it's, a, it's still tough enough in those two grades where I feel that it, a 9.6 or 9 CGC would be better than um, CBCS. A 9.4, again, I can go CBCS on that. I don't sure. think I'd be losing much of anything, really, and it'd still be acceptable to understand, that, okay, 9.4. And so that's, that, that's another reason for this book specifically. You have the potential if you can... If you can wait and it has the potential for those big digits for you, CGC. Makes sense. All right. What's your last one? Um, so, I, yeah, I wasn't necessarily going to. I mean. Are you on the fence about this one? Comic fam. He brought this to the table. I'm going to call him out on it. He's holding a first appearance of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. This right here was a stellar movie that you rented out a theater for your family and the team to enjoy. Yeah, that was a good time. I mean, the amount it cost to rent a theater for 20 people. Surprisingly affordable. Was, I was like, damn, how much are you spending on this? And I looked it up myself because it's just on their website and it was cheap. Yeah, in theory to what it costs to get a ticket, it was very, very much exactly the same price. But you get this private event. You get to have something special with friends and family. Kids get to run around and be kids. And, uh, and the kids ran around. Yes. They were they were having a blast, a blasty blast. <laughs> yeah, so it was a little distracting. Don't get me wrong, a little, you know, couple uh, eye daggers thrown at a few of the kids or a few of the parents to for not uh, <laughs> taking control of their children. But regardless, I love the movie. Okay, I've had a lot of excitement about this book. I mean, I've believed in this book for a while. And this one will probably go because it's probably a 9-6. All right, and I feel for this book... I would submit this book to CGC 9.4 and up, I think. Okay. I think in a 9.2 borderline CBCS. 9.0 for sure I would submit to a CBCS for me. So I actually looked up these numbers this week, not knowing you were going to bring this special Marvel edition issue number 15 to the table. A difficult to secure in high grade because of the black cover. The first appearance of Shang-Chi. We have September 6th, the highest sale of this book in comic history $18,000. That's big. But it was followed up three days later with a $13,800 sale. Granted, I appeal. There's other factors that play. We were just talking about this, but the market cap for this book has exceeded 15K easily. This book could have been secured at the start of this very year, February, for $7,500, a low of $6,700 in April. Let that sink in. I feel it. You feel it? I feel the same. You knew it, dude. I did know it. You've been talking about this book for such a long time. That's why I'm like wanting to point it out here because you were going ham on this book and it was well before trailers. It was well before. It was just, you know, hey, we're, we're finding out that it's coming. But that's pretty much all we knew. Yes. And thank God it was a good movie. Okay. So let's get into some CBCS stuff here because this is a little bit easier to go through here because um, first off, I have a book that's signed by James O'Barr, okay? We have The Crow, issue number two. I'm still doing crow stuff. What's going on? But this one right here is signed by James O'Barr in 1993. It's a gorgeous book. It's not going to come back at a 9.8. But here's the thing. With CBCS, they go through a third-party authenticator to 90, I think it's 97, 98% accuracy. Those percentages matter, comic fam. I'm giving you a 
a mind bomb there, carnage style, because I know what's out there on the internet. It just is what it is. There's a 90 plus percent accuracy to it, which is why CGC's witness program is so awesome. But if you don't have a witness, this is your next best bet. And we have James Obar signing this cover. You got to go through CBCS. If you're, if you have something signed, if you have something signed by Kirby, if you got something signed by Stan Lee, you don't have a COA from the Todd father on the recent King Spawn one, you're going through CBCS. Done deal. The other book that I have here are some variants. With CBCS, your wait time is going to be shorter. It is what it is. It's significantly shorter. We're going to get into the numbers here in a second. It is significantly cheaper across the board to go through CBCS. We're going to get into those numbers here in a second. I like to send modern books that I'm not worried about being blue chip books down the road. All right. If I have ultimate fallout for first miles, Morales 9.8 potential, I don't necessarily want to compete with CGC 9.8s because there's a plethora of them. Everyone's getting a copy. We've all had a copy. I've had a Dejevic 9.6. Like they're not tough to secure. They're expensive now, but they are common modern books. I like sending in variants that I think could get a nice boost in value if it gets the 9.6, 9.8 at an affordable rate quicker than the alternative so I can move it faster, get in the hands of a collector who's going to really like it, who wants it more than I do at the moment, and not have to worry about the competition because there are already not a whole lot of them graded as it is because they're variants and they move quick. So some of the variants I have here, I have the um, Star Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters, Sarah Pacelli variant. It's a virgin cover done by Scorpion Comics. Fantastic. Some of the best color work on any Star Wars comic I've ever seen. And this book goes for like 30 bucks right now, 40 bucks. So I'm not into it all that much because I bought it at release. And I think this would look great in a slab. Someone would want this in a slab. And what is the price for a CBCS slab right now? $16 if you're not a member. $18 if you're not a member. $16 if you are a member. There you go. So it's $18 if you are not a member. $16 if you are. A $4 difference per book um, versus the competition. Then I have Thor number six. This is the variant, the wraparound cover, because Donny Cates has reminded the community multiple times that this scene that took place in Thor, what Thor saw when he was kind of going in his like little trip that he had because of the Black Winter, courtesy of the Black Winter, he saw a future with Thane or Thanos wielding this gauntlet looking, you know, item on his hand. I don't, it's, it's black. It's different with uh, surrounding himself with Marvel zombies is what it looks like. I think that's cool. We know it's going to come back. This book is going to come back around, but he's working on Hulk right now. I mean, I don't really see this happen anytime soon. Then we have spirit of vengeance, Kushala on the cover, virgin copy, fantastic book. And this comic book I was able to secure on the cheaper side because I bought it at release. You see in a commonality here, the store variant marketplace can be kind of volatile. There's a lot of variants that come out. We make them ourselves. We know this better than, than most. This book, because of the character, because of how gorgeous this cover is, I thought was a great opportunity to get something graded at a cheaper rate. And I would like it faster than CGC's current wait times. I don't want to wait six months to get this book back or whatever the, the, the turnaround times are, which we're going to get into here in a moment. Last but not least, well, actually I have two of them here. I have another Scorpion Comics exclusive. 
This right here is Ice Cream Man, and it is a homage to The Mask. Awesome. I think it was like 660, yeah, 666 copies were distributed. This is the a lower print count, a virgin cover. I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. I'm a big fan of The Mask. This is a cool book, but again, not one that I'm thinking is going to see a huge uptick in the next six months. We knew Ice Cream Man was slated for that, like, I don't even remember the streaming service's name because it came and went. The one that was like 10 second shows. Do you even remember what that was? It doesn't even matter because I think that Ice Cream Man is here to stay as a kind of legacy independent horror comic book. It's like becoming its own. It's it's growing its own fandom. And long term, it's going to be known as one of the best anthology horror series and comic books ever. I firmly believe that, which is why I'm like, you know, I believe in Ice Cream Man, Maxwell Prince. This cover is fantastic. It's it's unique and it crosses fandoms. So let's get it graded at a discount. Also, Monstrous, I picked this up. It's I think I paid 30 bucks after every all said and done. Um, it's the third printing of Monstrous. A lot of high hopes for this run. A lot of people really enjoy this run. It's a tough book to get in high grade. However, I don't see in the next six months much much happening with this title. You know, I'm, I'm watching Key Collector just like everybody else. I'm looking at option news. So because I'm willing to wait, notice a lot of these are modern books though. These aren't books that are like 9.8 potential Bronze Age keys. So a lot of the, var- the variants are going to CBCS for me because it's cheaper, faster turnaround time. I'm going to be able to get them back in hand to distribute out to the community who wants them. I can totally understand why you have those books going to CBCS. It makes total sense, especially with the signature ones. I mean, signature books, you know, I have a few that I should probably submit as well. No brainers, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my first CBCS books is going to be Thor 372. And again, I'm new to Senate submitting CBCS. I'm deciding now that I no longer need CGC to be my only source for submitting books. Sure. Okay, so forget that already. I'm going to do this um, first appearance of TVA. And I think it's like a 9.6 to 9.8. And Time I- Variance Authority featured in Loki. We're not going to see much on Loki for probably over a year. So this is going to be a lull for this book. So why not? Yeah, why not? And... I've decided that if a book is a $600, $800 book and in about a 9.8, that I'm just going to submit it to CBCS. Sure. Okay. Keep it simple for myself, unless there's other outstanding things. So, but for the most part, that's the blanket statement I'm going to give it. Tales of Suspense, number 27. Silver Age book, uh, When the Oog Lives Again. All right. This is probably a 7075, borderline, but I don't think it's going to make a difference if this is in a CBCS or CDC holder. Okay. It's a pre hero. Atlas book. All right. Excited to have it. But I think I'm going to submit that to, again, CBCS. Dr. Strange, 53. Okay. This reprints FF19 story with Kang, you know, being in Egypt, but it's not Kang. And then it redconned that it is Kang. Blah, blah, blah. Ramatut. Ramatut. So this could be a 9-8, but for me, I don't think it makes a difference on CBCS or CGC for now. Deadpool, 54. Punisher, Deadpool. All right. Again, I think this is fine book in 9.8 CBCS. I don't have a problem with it. I think the value is pretty much the same. And then we'll discuss turnaround times and value and why we are also taking that into consideration. That we have Punisher not coming anytime soon, very likely to the MCU. Deadpool, I know, will happen eventually, but still, it's a book that someone's going to buy because of the cover. They're going to buy it because of the grade but they're not going to necessarily buy it for the investment right now. So why not get it done now? Yeah. Get it back faster. It makes sense. 
Yeah, exactly. Because these aren't going to be keeper books for me. Right. You know, and we have monthly sales and I don't think it makes a difference. So Avengers 7. And if it does make a difference, it's enough for me where I'm not concerned about it. Right. Number seven. Okay. As a Illuminati, yeah? First yeah. Illuminati. First Illuminati. I know it's a key book, but again, it falls into that bracket for myself. And then The Walking Dead, Kill Them All, number one. This was an E, I believe it was ECC exclusive. Emerald City Comic Con, that's right. I've had them since. You've had those since that con? Sitting raw. Do you remember when um, at Emerald City Comic Con up here in Seattle, the Walking Dead variant that you're holding there, um, Kill Them All, The Walking Dead, not to be confused with Metallica, their first album. This book is foil. And do you remember what it was going for at that show? I do. And that's why I'm hoping I'll. (laughs) (laughs) I remember trying to get as many as I could because this was fairly new. These Walking Dead variants they were giving out the cons were extremely hot. And it was fairly new concept that people were getting them when they entered the convention. Mm -hmm. And then I was I was literally having people give them to me. I was like, oh, if you don't want that convention, it might be violent for your children. Why don't you all take it? And I've I've had these since, man. This is the I think it's the Governor variant or something yeah. like that. But it's an extremely cool book. Okay, and I was like, do I need to see you see these? And I, was, I thought about it. And after sitting here in our, in your living room and talking about, it, I was like, you know what? No, these are going to CBCS. Okay? Why not? Why not? Absolutely, Comic Fam. Why not? So, um, some of the things just to go over it here that we've chatted about is. You know, when you're looking for the higher end books to be graded, you're likely going to CGC because the buying pool is smaller on those books. So you want to stay competitive. You want to be able to move them. We're not even talking about prices at at this moment. We're talking about just being able to move the book at a higher rate. You know, then we're getting into the speed. For me, setting in variants, modern books, if unless it's like potential blue chip kind of thing. I think that the added value you get from a grade is enough through CBCS to stay competitive. You know, will it sell for more? Well, we're going to get into prices here on how much it costs to get something graded. And then you got to consider the other costs, like the graders notes. Yeah, they're different. One's way more expensive than the other. Um, We also have to talk about the actual, like, you know, what are CBCS grades going for in comparison to CGC, is it that much of a detriment to make you go one way or the other? Because it's in my opinion, based off of what I've seen, and everyone can go and find examples of one sale comparing it to another sale. So, you know, I've seen it all. Comic Fam, you, you tag me a lot on Instagram and I appreciate it. Follow me at Comic Time 101 and the Golden Age Guru at the Golden Age Guru. We do sales over on the Golden Age Guru's IG, by the way, every month. We do a Badass claim sale. So you want to be there. Do we have it scheduled, by the way? I'm thinking maybe next weekend. Okay, because we're doing mail call this week. So, you know, when, at the rec- whenever this comes out, this is the mail call week that we're getting. That, yeah, so that would be what? The, I don't know, 25th, 4th, somewhere around the there. Weekend of of the weekend of the 25th or something. Something like that. Okay. So I want to chat now about the specifics, the reasoning at large of why to go through one company versus the other to kind of demonstrate that both companies are extremely useful and are providing positive services to the community. And let's actually kick them off with some prices because pricing, I think matters a hell of a lot. You know, when you're talking, we're not talking about, let's actually, let's back it up. Just a couple, a couple beats here. We're not talking about someone who's like, I got one book 
and I'm going to grade one book this year, where do I go? Just pick a place, pick a place. If, I mean, yes. Okay. There's reasons. If you have a X-Men one, why you should go through CGC, or if you have a signed Kirby book, why you should go through CBCS. But this part of the show and this conversation is more about collectors who are grading a lot more, more than one book a year, right? Because that's really where it's going to matter. Because we're talking about prices right now that are so different between the grading companies that it does add up, does it not? Yeah, this is not meant for that novelty grading person, okay? Because generally, it's somebody who's going to submit more books. You're going to want to be a member because you're going to get discounts. But just in general, okay, we're going to discuss these numbers as clearly as we can possible. It's going to be a lot of numbers, but let's, let's we're going to make it as easy to digest as possible. We're going to baby food this thing, okay, okay, for you guys. Oh, and you know what? I do. I would like to say this because I know there are going to be individuals who are going to bring it up. I have worked with both companies, all right? I've gone down to CGC, flew me out to C2E2 to cover the convention for them. People saw it. It's on their Instagram page. You can see it. We also are friends with graders at CGC. We've witnessed CGC grading take place. I believe we're some of the only individuals that don't work for the company that's actually witnessed the actual, you know, slabs going, you know, the comics going in the slabs and the machines making it happen and watching graders handle the books like they're freaking, you know, magicians, you know, just with, with, with such care. We also know people at CBCS and we've worked with people at CBCS and have seen um, members get things graded and have experienced that service as well. CBCS has decided to work with us in the mail call and hook us up with golden tickets to be able to give free grades to members who submit enough comics to CBCS to try them out. Thank you, by the way. Fantastic. We do. We really do appreciate it because they're giving back to the comic book community. But you know what? The month prior to CBCS doing that, CGC sent us stuff to send out to the community. Free private signings with like an upwards value of like 300 plus per ticket. Free shipping kits and the signature series bags that have a pretty decent MSRP because they're, you know, plastic. You put your comic in, you can get stuff signed. So we have actually worked with and I'm saying maybe working with them is the wrong way to say it, like partnered with them to certain degrees, but we're not sponsored by any grading company on this show. No, no, not at all. So, I mean, we're going to come through, we're going to come with as honest and non-biased opinions and stuff that we do for ourselves, because I'm not going to do anything special for anybody. If it's not going to benefit me, with my comics, like I'm not getting any special perks here. I'm not getting special grades. I'm having to pay the fees just like everybody freaking else. We're waiting just then, as long as anyone and else we're gonna, is. Yeah, and we're going to have to turn these books just like anybody else. So I'm not going to just do it because, you know, I got golden tickets because <laughs> I didn't get any golden tickets and they're not for me. Anyways. You know, in my living room, in my, in, in one, in my place, right, I have a box and I have another box. And this box on the right it's my CBCS box and it gets filled up all throughout the month because I make the decision as I go throughout the month. This is a CBCS grid. This is my CGC box over here. You literally saw them today. You know, okay. they, they get split up all throughout the month. So let's jump into it. We're going to dive into it. Let's talk about CGC pricing. It's a bit more costly. Dude, I wish it was much easier to pick just one, by the way. Like That's why we're the doing the show, the, man. The fact that it's not easy to just go with one just shows where both lack 
Okay. And it's just, again, it makes it difficult for the end users who are us and everybody else out there who collects comic books. We're, we're both lack, however, where they both bring the heat as well, because we are choosing them over anywhere else. And there are reasons why we're sending them to both. So I hear you. But let's get into it because really where they lack is why we go to the other service, which is also why the competition's good because more services for the community means our comics are getting taken care of regardless and we're happy about it. So CGC, let's go through the various tiers and prices and keep in mind each one of these prices, we have maybe like little caveats to it because you can pay for additional services. So let's let's do it. Okay. So first off, um, Let's talk about the max value tier, okay? Max value is $400, all right? And we're talking about non-member prices, but it's about a couple bucks cheaper if you have a membership, but you're also paying for the membership, and that depends on how many books you then send in, how much of a discount you're going to get. So we're just going to go with non-member prices so you can get a really easy comparison. Yeah, and but- I think a member is like a 10% discount. But so. it's enough if you're sending a lot of stuff in that it's going to affect these numbers, right. right? So so I'm a member of both companies. So, you know, use that information. But we're going to be talking about non-member prices. Modern tier, 1990, 1975 and newer, $22, all right? And we're talking about a 111-day turnaround time, assuming business days. It is business days. So we're talking... Five months, but wait, we're talking about five months once they've logged it in as received. And that's a big deal we're hearing from a lot of people. It sits in perpetual hell of storage where these books get in. Now, it may say it was delivered on your tracking information, right? Let's say you check your USPS or FedEx. Oh, it's been delivered, but it's not counted as received, which means they have the books but they don't count your timeline until they officially enter it in as received, which could be a month, could be more, could be a week. Who knows? So there's no guarantee with these numbers, at least on CGCs. I have not heard with CBCS. I don't know if they're having those issues. I have heard no one complaining about that. So it's going to be interesting just in the comment section to hear about that, but 111 days, that's five months, okay? And now CBCS has a same tier, right? That's right, modern tier. However, it has a cap of $250 max, not 400. So $150 less in the value that you can put for that particular collectible. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, it's a little, it's less, okay? But again, you said it's $18, but the turnaround time is four to six weeks. That's right, we're talking... Uh, a little over a month, month and a half. And assuming that, let's just say both companies receive them right away, which by the way, I've submitted to CVCS and had my stuff inputted within weeks, like very, very quickly. And I've, I've seen it in the community. You guys tag me all the time. Like you guys are showing, this is a very prevalent conversation. This isn't unusual to be had in the comic book community right now. This is a lot of people grading books. So that is a sub. Substantially different wait time. We're talking five to six months, depending on how long it sits before getting inputted versus one to one and a half months, depending on how long it takes to get inputted. CGC's max value tier, as mentioned, $22. You can pay $37 to get the fast track edition, $15 additional, and you get it in just about half the time is what they're stating. 
2.6 months or 56 days. But CBCS will cut half the time, so from four to six weeks, for an extra $10 per book. So four to six weeks, we're talking like a little over a month after they receive it for substantially less. Yeah, so we're talking two to three weeks. That's right. So let's take a look at the next tier up because we're talking about um, modern books right now, 1975 and newer. What about economy, which is 1975 and older? CGC's economy rate is $33, and you're looking at a turnaround time right now of six and a half months, 144 days. That's what it says on their website as of today. That's insane. That's a long time, man. Half a year, and that's not counting however long it takes for them to get it. You see why some of these books that we're deciding, we're like, yeah, yeah, it could go a little bit, you know, it could sell a little bit better through, C, you know, if it's a CGC book, but I don't want to wait half a year. I can get this book back in a couple months and sell it. Why worry about maybe $100 you can make in seven months if you can make $200 this month? And this is why you got to make the decisions that's right for you at that moment in time. If you do not care about the time, it's all going into the PC, but you want everything CGC, submit to CGC. If you're a person who's putting money out for books and wants to run it back sooner and don't want it floating out there forever or eternity, maybe CBCS is the option for you. But again, find out what works. We're going to give you guys the black and white information because it's 144 days. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll pay Fast Track. Well, Fast Track is $15 additional each book. So that's, that's instead of $33 for pre-1975 book, it goes to $48 through, through, through CGC. But you're not cutting it in half. Nope. It goes from 144 days to 122 days. These are the numbers on their site, guys. We're not just making stuff up. We're telling you what they're putting on their site for their current turnaround times, which you could also check regularly when you're submitting. So you're saving basically a month's time at best, half a year about for 15 bucks. Exactly. And so if we do the equivalent, so let's just scroll down to CBCS, their expanded Okay, is also same thing, 1975 and older. All right, is up to a $250 max, which isn't that 400 that CDC has. But to be honest, there's a lot of fudging with these numbers anyway when people submit. You don't Honestly, have to. Honestly, dude, if I have a book that is worth three or $400, yeah. I'm just going to put it as 250 all day, every day. Oh, it's, it's a $300 book. I'm just going to put 250 Yes, to each their own. This is your insurance that you're putting on the book, but I'm not going to up the time by months and months and to, to try and save on the insurance $50. Like, all right, I'll just count this as a cheaper book, you know, 250 bucks, you know, maybe it's 300, maybe it's 250. I'm just going to round it down to 250. It's probably hurting against me in, in case something goes wrong with the book, but across the board, people are going to round down or up to the lowest tier. Exactly. And so what they do. Absolutely, because there's never a guarantee anyway. Right. All right. Plus, after fees and all that and taxes, I mean, it doesn't even go to you, even if it sells for that. That grade is based off of a like, like, yeah. If it's perfect condition, nine point eight. You know, yeah. maybe. All right, but but still, you know, how yeah. does that even happen? So conservatively, these these max prices are roughly the same to me. Yeah, yeah. one hundred and fifty bucks. Well, whatever. Yeah, and don't stress out about. It. I mean, what do you pay a little bit of a difference because uh, you had to go up a tier? I mean, big deal. All right, so um, this is the $30, mm -hmm. all right, and it's four to six weeks still, just like the prior tier for them, but for that extra 10 bucks, 
you can cut that down to two to three weeks. All right. That's not 122 days. I mean, that's crazy difference. Yeah, that's a couple months at most. If you give them that added, you know, time for the receivables versus half a year. I mean, that's a big difference. Comic family, you know, that's, if you're buying a lot, you're getting stuff graded. Like some of these books have come out recently. I don't want to wait six months to bring it back to the market. I want to get these books graded quickly and have them come back so I can get them out to the community who wants them right now. All right. So let's keep it going because the standard, now we're going to go up. Um, we're going up a little bit here because we've already discussed the fast track as it pertains to the economy 1975 and older for CGC and CBCSs, which is called expanded. They both mean the same thing. 1975. Now we're getting into a bit higher of a value for a comic book. So let's talk about the standard grade for a comic book through CGC, which we're talking about a book that has a thousand dollars max value. And this has no fast track option. Nope. Okay. There are no more fast track options for this book. Okay. But for a book that's a thousand dollars, it's going to cost you $75 to grade and take 62 days. Yeah, two to three months plus however long it takes for them to check it in. It could be four or five months, you know, ideally less. You know, I give them the benefit of the doubt here, but I've seen it in the community, people waiting on books. Um, $75, though. It's pretty pricey for a book that is being quoted as being worth $1,000. Right, and that's each book. So if I'm sending in, let's just say five books, you know, I'm spending whatever the math is, was at 375 I think, on just grading. Okay, so you got to count that into consideration. But if we look at the, again, equivalent, all right, now there is um, a consumer tier, which is, you know, CBGC has that $400 tier. So this is their kind of $400 tier. So any year. CBCS is $400 tier, consumer any year, $400 max. So if that matters. For any year. For any year. Okay, so this almost combines both CGC's first tier and second tier, which is. 1975 and newer, and then 1975 and older. So this is any tier for $400. Okay, it's $34, and that's four to six weeks. Again, I see a little bit of consistent pattern here. Right. But for probably, I believe you can do $10 on this one. So you spend 44 bucks and you get that back in two to three weeks, and it's $400. Okay, max. max. And it's value. anything from anything, any age. You're right. That's that's a crazy deal. We're talking about $34. It's much cheaper and much faster than their $1,000 max over at CGC. So you can see the pros and cons to some of these, all right? So we just talked about CGC's standard uh, grade, which is $75 for 62 days, two to three months at best, right? Well, let's take a look at the quick stream any year through CBCS, all right? We're talking about a max tier of uh, value of the collectible of $1,150, two weeks time, two weeks, $58. That's incredible. I, I think that's, that's one sh- of the best values for a grade that I think I've ever seen. Yeah. In comparison, apples to apples for turnaround time and price. I mean, that to me sounds like a no brainer. If it falls into the tier system of what you place on your books and collection of what you think is, you know, valuable to you. Sure. Absolutely. Then we have the, uh, uh, one of the top tiers, 
Express through CGC, which is a $3,000 max in value, 20 day turnaround for $120. Yes. And make sure to write EX on your box. If you choose this, write EX on the perimeter of your box so that when it's perpetual shipping hell stuck there, they see that you paid extra for this service to get your books sooner and they will be able to differentiate. But with that said, like you mentioned, $120 per book for $3,000 max value. Now, what is CBCS's equivalent? So I would say that that's going to be um, these next two. They have two services that kind of match that. We have the two-day modern, which is modern to 1975, um, present $2,000 value or lower, two business days. $40. $40. That's pretty spectacular. For 40 bucks to get a $2,000 value modern book for 97 to present for 40 bucks. Can you show me an equivalent of that on what CGC would have to fit that tier? Yeah, that's gotta be, I mean, the, it's gotta be this one here, either standard or express, which is a thousand dollar max for 75 for almost three months or the express, which is 20 days for 120. That's three times a dollar amount. I mean, you get a thousand dollar more value, but how many modern books are there really in 2K? I mean, I guess 1975, there are some Bronze Age books in there for sure. But that just, I mean, some of these tiers just seem like no brainers when you look at the value and turnaround times. So it makes you want to almost grade with them because you get your books back and they're not just hanging out there it's tough, man. It's really tough, but I will be definitely grading more with CBCS because of this. I don't feel that it's necessary for us to have to be waiting these times. Let's actually get into now graders notes, because we just talked about the grading times as a factor. And clearly there's a winner and a loser here currently in the market. CBCS is getting stuff back out way quicker at much lower of a cost on average as it pertains to the value of the collectibles. However, the notes that you then would like to get across, I mean, really, is there ever a book that you don't want your notes on? No, no. If I can get notes on every book, that'd be fantastic. It's in my opinion that notes should be part of the service. I think if you're going through the grade, there's going to be notes. You should get the notes for free, but that's just my opinion. You know, it is a service that CGC offers. However, CBCS, you get your graders notes for free. CGC charges anywhere between five and $15 for your graders notes. And both companies do not guarantee what those grader notes are going to say. You may get one line of sentence that just gives you really nowhere to look on your comic book to see why it graded at the rate it has. We've all been there. Who's pay for graders notes where you're kind of disappointed. Sometimes it's very specific. There's a blunted corner. Okay, that makes sense. However, now when you look at, let's say the modern tier for CGC, which is $22, and you look at the modern tier for CBCS, which is $18, that's a $4 difference. And let's say you want your graders notes because it matters to you. Well, CGC is going to be charging you an additional five up to 10 or 15, but probably closer to five for this tier. You know, let's be conservative about this. We're talking a $10 difference in total for the service. And you're getting your books back at a fraction of the wait time. We're talking a month to a month and a quarter to five to six months. That, that's right there is value. 
That's huge. That's a huge assessment that you have to incorporate into your decision-making. There's so much to think about with these because you're just playing numbers games and the numbers get fuzzy, okay? And then you're just like, okay, well, it works for half of my submission, but my other half of my submission, I, I want to send somewhere else, okay? So it's not easy. Right. It doesn't necessarily make 110% sense for you, all right? And there's a lot of factors. The point is how comfortable are you with your book in a certain holder? So let's okay? talk about the holders because you've alluded to this in the past. CGC beat CBCS on their labels hands down any day across the board and they're getting better by the day. CBCS, you got to up your game. 110%. And and really you guys, you you had the, the bottom floor with your label already. And I'll be honest, you changed your label. Okay. Kudos. That took way too long. Okay. And shame on you for that. Absolutely shame on you for that because you put yourself in this position. All right. And there's nobody to blame but you guys. And they defend it. Like, and I mean, they you know, shut it. up. Steve Rock's awesome. Like, like from what I've seen, I've never met him in person, but I have nothing but good things to say about everybody I've met at CBCS so far. There's a bunch of Steves over there. Shout out, Steve. But I've heard CBCS individuals, including Steve Barack, kind of defend the label. And I think there's no defense. It no. is like, like, come on, you look at these labels and you're talking about collectibles that are worth thousands of dollars and you don't want them in there because of that label. That makes sense to me. This is a Shark Tank moment and I'll tell you why. If Steve Bohr or whoever represents that company right now, CBCS walked into the Shark Tank, okay, and they expressed themselves what they wanted for the company, okay? Every one of those sharks would look at that label and see the comparison if they just knew about comics and they would be like, it doesn't matter what you want. You're, it's what your customer wants. That's true. Okay. And your customer does not want this label. Yeah. Got to change sorry. the label. Okay. And no, Mr. Wonderful would want some proprietary market shares. It would want his own face on your label. Okay. So if you want to deal with him, you're going to have to change your label. All right. You want to deal with any of them, they'll change your label. And they will send your ass out the room because they were not going to make an offer if you refuse to do that. So that's what this is. Don't do, you're doing what you think you want. All right. And your community what, clearly everybody there's clearly. nobody they're even the most diehard of cbcs uh sellers and graders will say everything's great the slabs are gorgeous there's no new in rings which we'll talk about in a second but the labels do not look good they're not they're not great they're not popping look at it and if you want to know how a label should look Look at these gorgeous labels. Yeah, it's not like you don't have examples, okay? Yeah, no. And it doesn't have to be the exact. No, uh, but do you have different. to do something, something different that's still attractive and appealing because the grade matters, okay? And if your book that you're grading, if you're concerned that the argument is that the grade or the the label takes away from the book, god damn it, if that cover sucks so bad <laughs> that the label's taken away from the cover, then it deserves it, okay? So please, no more with that argument. All right, I can appreciate that Tumor Dracula one because it's a gorgeous cover. You know, what I can appreciate it even more is when I see it being a nine eight. Like, oh wow, it's a nine eight. That's a beautiful book. Okay, so change your goddamn freaking labels. <laughs> now, I love your holder in CGC. You have Jeff's a good holder. Unhinged today, comic uh, fam. Where are you getting this comic book theme content? Hit that like, hit the subscribe, keep going in, Jeff. Keep get, going. I'm getting all hot and bothered. CGC, I like your hold. I like your plastic. I like your holder. It's fine. Okay, CBCS, it's better. It feels better. CBCS's it feels more solid. Labs are they are better. Okay. I will say they're sturdy. They're slick. I've never had a Newton ring problem on a CBCS book. Dude, you've brought in some amazing grails to this table. And you know what we're not talking about is how amazing the, the damn grail is. We're talking about the freaking Newton rings. 
It's terrible. Yeah. It's ugly. I have sold to first time slab purchasers on eBay, at conventions, on Instagram. I've 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 sold it. As this happened, as experience I've had more than one time where someone says, I want to buy from you, Comic Tom. I've never bought a, a slab book before. And I'm like, yo, I got a cool book for you. What do you think about this? It's affordable. Here's a Hellboy book. Here's this, here's that. And dude, on more than three occasions, I've had someone who's bought a 9.8 book from me say, yo, what's up with this case? The book isn't 9.8. It's got these rings on it. And I have to say, yeah, okay, well, you know what? It's in the picture. And yeah, it's called a Newton ring. And it's actually not, it doesn't take away from the book itself. It's in a slap. They don't care. Newton rings are a problem. We call them Newton infections on the mic. Like it's a creature infesting your comic book. It's terrible. Yeah, that FF5 I brought in had you, that. You brought a That wasn't even Newton ring. That, Like we said, it was like a Newton infection, okay? It's it was just like a ringworm. I don't know. No, not a ringworm. <laughs> ringworm a, is a ring, but you know what I mean. It was just ugly, okay? so the like, comic's got pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? Uh, conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis. <laughs> That's what it is. I freaking hate Newton rings, dude. Oh, God. It's so, not- dude, I had a buyer purchase off a 9.8. I shipped it to Europe, okay? This was an international buyer. They liked everything about the book up until they received it and saw the Newton rings. And you know what they did? They broke it out of the case. They thought it was the book. They're like, you know what? I don't, I don't, you know, the slab looks like yeah, whatever. So they thought maybe it was the book. So they opened it up. And I'm like dealing with a, a new person. They've never bought comics like this before. So they're going, hey, I think I screwed myself because I opened it up. But this is what it looked like before. It looked bad in the case. So because of that, I opened it, ruined the grade. And this is a a purchase that happened overseas. So what, am I going to pay $40 for them to send it back after they cracked it open? Like, no, here's a refund. And I lost 200 bucks. You know, it's 200 bucks. Oh, it's not a big deal. But hey, we're talking about tiers that are at times when you add it up are arriving at prices like this in the $50, $100, $200, depending on how much you're spending. And when you have one moment, One single moment, like I just described, all of this value that everyone's worried about protecting, oh, it's going to come back a 9.8 at CBCS. I may lose $50 if I put it on auction and I go in competition with other CGC 9.8s and I sell it in seven days and I'm upset that it sold for a little bit less. Well, you know what? You have one bad experience with a Newton ring book. You just, that's, there it is. There's your price. You just paid for yourself. Congratulations. It didn't matter. You could have gone through another company and not had that issue. There are problems on both sides is what we're trying to say. Listen, I'm not a big believer in companies raising their prices. Okay. You're speaking about CGC raising their pricing this particular year. And CBCS has gone on record that they're not going to do that during a pandemic. Like that's what they're saying. Their owner said that, or at least the president said that. Look, I don't care if you raise prices. I really don't. But when I have a price raised, I have expectations raised as well. Okay. So feel free to raise your price, all right? I believe in a competitive market, okay? So I like that CBCS is there and other companies. Keeps everybody honest. I just don't believe that giving this company more money fixes their problems. And their problems are just a lack of keeping their turnaround times down. I do not see why that company should not be 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The demand is there. The necessity is there, okay? So I don't believe in paying more for a service and getting less. I get more long, I get longer turnaround times. I spend more money. 
Okay, and then there is plenty of errors and mistakes that cost even more time, frustration. All right, and granted, when you call, the people there are really nice, but after a while, you just don't want to have to call. Sure. No, okay. you know, and errors are a problem for sure. Um, I've seen them online, you know, individuals who've gotten things like hairs in their slab, which I feel like that's not a complaint to have. I think hair in your slab is like complaining about hair in your food. However, if there's like things actually wrong with the slab, the comics in there backwards or something was damaged and, you know, things like that, you know, you got to go through the right process. I've seen errors on through both companies, like, like pretty gross errors, to be honest. However, there are more comics being graded now more than ever. So I'm kind of being reserved in my judgment as it pertains to quality control specifically, because if there's an increase of 30% grades that have ever happened in the history of comic books, well, there's going to be more visible errors because there's 30% more. And I'm making numbers up. I don't work there. I don't know how many more grades there are, but I think across the board, we can all agree that we've never seen more comics getting graded now than any other time in comic history. So, hey, if there's an increase of 30% or whatever we can agree on, whatever that number is, I'm pulling it out of my ass, there's going to be an increase of 30% of whatever that bottom line is of total errors that are just kind of going to happen no matter what. It is a business. And I happen to lean on it not being as aggressive as other things to complain about. Yeah, now for me, that's that's just um, the absolute worst to me, one of the worst things for them. Um, you know, you have a product in your hands, and uh, the fact that you don't have someone there, you th- sure, let's just say 30% increase in grading, great. You just got 30% more submissions, which and you increased your prices, so you guys have plenty of money coming in to have somebody checking out books. Is it going to take more time? Sure, but this company is all about taking time, okay? They don't know how to fix their, their time frames, and again... They should be 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is no reason this company shouldn't be, okay? Yeah, they just got the Blackstone investment. I mean, like, you, they're, they're going full Wall Street, comic fam. Full Wall Street. Good, bad, I have no freaking idea. But, like, hey, you can't find the graders, pay more. I don't care. You guys are a viable business. You figure the frick out. It's not my job to figure it out. My job is to send you the product and get it back properly. Look at your goddamn book. And it's not one problem. There's like multitudes of problems. So what is happening? Is it an encapsulation process? Okay. Somewhere along the lines, it goes from the grader to whoever's getting the book ready to send out. So at some point, somebody needs to check simple little things. Is this book been bashed in the corner? Has this page been flipped over? Is the label wrong? What? I mean, just something, man. Check the freaking book out because we then have to deal with it, which then means sending it back to you where then you have to deal with it. Or are you just hoping that the percentage of people who have issues miss it? And that's probably what it is. That's, I'm guessing it's like, ah, you know, we'll have this percentage of errors, but of those, 85% of the people aren't going to care. Mm. Okay? Yeah, that's, that's probably a, that's what a, it is. And that's a terrible way to hope. Like, I, I do not, I hope that that's not the case. Um, but you also have to consider that there is a percentage that they have to know, you know, like at any company, at any business the fact that we're inputting like when there's an error for a comic, you have to input the error on the site. So they have a percentage that I'm sure is known within the company. uh, This is what our error rate is. And we got to keep that down. And there are factors that get put in place to make sure that happens. I mean, I work, I come from the bank, right? Banking industry. I had metrics across the board every single day that had to be accounted for. So I'm sure a company as large as CGC 
or and CBCS, they they have those percentages that they work with and that they have to check every single day. And as soon as that quarter of a percent raises even a little bit, it's like, what's going on? You know, you got to assume, you got to hope, pray to Thor that those kind of things are happening. And from the little I know, just from the employees that I've gotten a chance to meet and the individuals that I've worked with and the customer service experiences that I've had, I feel good about the process enough to give them a lot of freaking money every year. Like my tax person called me up and they thought that they were potential because I got a new tax dude. He's like, can you get a, like a, a, like a W nine from CGC? Like they gotta be an employee, right? I'm like, no, this is a service I pay for every year. They thought that I was paying like employees because of how much money that goes to Sarasota and goes to CBCS. Like they were like, wait a minute, is this the, is this an employee amount? Like how are we going to do taxes on this? No, no, this is just a service. Oh, you pay with a credit card. Okay, cool. That's all accounting. That's on our end. Don't worry about that. You don't need any W nine, but like legit, it confused them because of how much money us dealers pay for these services, which is why we get passionate. I'll leave you with one thing. So I, I work with both companies in a sense that I pay for both services because I like the services. I like being able to get books graded. I collect graded books. I invest in graded books. I buy graded books. I grade books as well. There is a particular conversation that does arise though, which is really what all this is rooted in, which is the price that CBCS comics go for versus CGC comics. And I've thought about this a lot and I want to just kind of throw this out there to anyone who is assessing and trying to make a decision, you know, based off of price points. Cause when you're talking about 9.8s, you're talking about a gamble for sure. Because we mentioned it earlier on the show, the pool of buyers is smaller when you're selling a 9.8, anything. It's an absurd uptick in price. There's a reason why we call these investments. They're scarce. That's the whole damn comic market is based on scarcity, which is why the 9.8 is a prestigious grade, regardless of if you like it or not. Guess what? A 9.6 and a 9.8. Yes, sometimes we can argue about whether one should be or the other, but bottom line, they are not the same grades. A 9.8 is a 9.8. A 9.6 is a 9.6. You can argue. However, this means something to every grader, to every person that owns it. And the buyers, the pool of buyers is so much smaller when those books come up to the market, right? So what ends up happening is we hear people say about CBCS, oh, they sell for less. Well, yeah, if you're selling a 9.8 at auction and you're competing with other CGC 9.8s where the buyer's pool is smaller, you're competing with other CGC books. So traditionally, it does sell for a little bit less sometimes. I can point to examples where it doesn't. It's happened this very year. We just talked about a Tomb of Dracula selling for $16,000 when the next day one sold for $8,000. Make that make sense. They were both CGC books, all right? However, a lot of the examples as it pertains to CBCS comics and that they sell for less compared to its competition, they are almost always auction comparisons. And I'm coming on the mic to tell the comic fam right now that that's a false equivalent. You cannot compare auction sales and say without a doubt that one grade sells for one grading company's slab sells for less than the other. Here is the reason. When you auction anything, raw book, graded book, CGC book, CBCS book, Halo book, you are always going to take a risk 
that it's going to sell for less. So when you apply factors that make it so that buying pool is smaller, like, hey, you know what? If you leave this CGC book up for two months versus seven days, that CGC book may actually sell for more over the course of two months. But if you let it go in seven days, you are, you are making it so that that book has less opportunity to be seen. You are maybe the, somebody who was going to buy the book didn't get paid that week. They, they're, they're out of the buying pool now. Now you're adding to that assessment a different grading company, a grading company that traditionally hasn't been purchased as much as CGC, a grading company that didn't have a census as recently that, that recently got a census compared to CGC. So there are factors in place that when that book sells at auction and sells for less, you can't compare it. Yeah, it sold for less. Just like a raw book would sell for less. Just like a 9.8 would sell for less at auction. There are dealers right now in our market. We have friends in this community. I'm not going to name drop, but there are individuals who have completely switched to CBCS and they are pricing their books at CBCS rates. CGC rates. Thank you. CGC rates, but that they are CBCS. And Jeff, what is happening? They're staying firm at their prices and the books are selling. They are selling. So if you are grading your books through CBCS and you're auctioning them and you're seeing them sell for less, don't complain. You're doing it to yourself. You need to find the right buyers. You need to be patient. You need to list them for what you think they're worth. And across the board, dealers need to start grading as well as listing books for what they feel like it actually deserves. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you are going to grade down your CBCS book and be, just because of it being a different slab. It's going to start selling for less across the board when they shouldn't. That's your rant. I had mine. You had yours. <laughs> I love fam, it. This is what I have to say. I hope it made sense. You're you're, this is the Bags and Boards show, podcast number 47, you know? And we've had many comments about CGC, CBCS. Heck, one of the very first videos I made on this channel was me like poking at CGC a little bit, worried about how they were doing grading, for example. And those aren't even on the channel anymore. For one, they're really old videos. Didn't care for them. Didn't like how I came off. And the research I did was kind of dog poop, like to be honest. And since then, we've interviewed graders at both companies. Since then, we've seen actual grading take place at CGC. We've worked with individuals. We've talked to graders. We've shared drinks with graders. We know these individuals and we look up to a lot of these individuals. They're like legends in their own right. You know, some of these people who are getting their hands on these collectibles and grading action ones, et cetera. So we've grown a lot. I have personally grown a lot in this community. So I feel like us being able to come to the mic and speak about both companies is important because we pay for both services and the community comes to us to be entertained first off, but also to be informed about what we think and why we think it so that they can take their, you know, make their own opinions and do their own assessment because there's a lot of money going into grading. Yeah. I'm going to keep it always hundred percent real 110 here, guys. Like anything that I express to you is exactly how I feel is exactly how I treat my books, my collecting, you know, like I'd literally debate here. Like CBCS or CGC. I'm dude, not all in. You call uh, me and you'll go, dude, I just can't decide. And we'll have conversations yeah. literally about trying to like reason with ourselves while we'll go one over the other or vice versa. Yeah. And then, you you know, take all this information, see what works for you guys. Again, it's, it's hard to have a blanket statement all of it because there's so many moving pieces, so many moving parts, so many things to just take into consideration. But I got to tell you guys, man, 
Thanks for having me on the show again, man. Podcast 47 on the way to 2000. Joe Rogan, we're going to catch your butt. And uh, guys, we got to have like some type of giveaway, I'm assuming now. So I do have a giveaway. I think it's only fitting during a podcast where we talk about CGC and CBCS that we do a PGX giveaway. We have an alien number two graded at 9.8 white pager <laughs> PGX comic book. And you know who sent us this? Who? PGX. A grader at PGX sent us. They've been sending us graded comic books to give away on the mic. And they've acknowledged in the notes that, hey, we know that you don't grade through PGX. We know that you don't tend to have these in your studio. Here are some for the community. So there is one thing to say. Across the board, all the grading companies are doing one common thing. They're serving the comic fam. So anytime these companies are doing something positive for the community at large, you get an applause from me. I appreciate you, comic fam. This was the Bags and Boards show. And uh, hit the subscribe, hit the like button, comment down below. Let me know what you think about grading, what you know about slabs. Are you entombing them? Are you imprisoning them? Are you collecting them? Are you buying them? It'll enter you to win this Alien 2 9.8 PGX slab. And uh, as always, geek responsibly. Podcast done. We done! We did it! It's finished. We appreciate your comment, fam. Love ya. Talk to you soon.